Chapter Ten of the Mystery of the Sycamore by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Phantom Bugler. The day after the funeral of Samuel Appleby, Keefe returned to Sycamore Ridge. I came, Mr. Wheeler, he said, to offer you my services. I express no opinion as to who killed Mr. Appleby but I do know that his son is going to use every means to discover his father's murderer, and I can't help thinking you'd be wise to let me take up your case. "'As a criminal lawyer?' asked Dan Wheeler quietly. "'No, sir. As a friend and adviser. If you find you need a criminal lawyer, I'll suggest one, and a good one. But I mean, I'd like to help you in a general way.' by consultation and advice. You, if you will pardon me, have lived so long out of the modern world that you are unfitted to cope with this whole situation. I speak frankly, because I am deeply interested. Just why are you so deeply interested, Mr. Keefe? Wheeler's tone was kindly, but his glance was sharp at his would-be benefactor. I may as well own up, Keefe said. I am hard hit by your daughter. Oh, yes, I know she is engaged to young Allen, and I've no hope she would ever throw him over for me, but I'm anxious to serve her in any way I can, and I feel pretty sure that I can be of help to you and your family. Well spoken, young man, and your promises are right. I am out of touch with the world, and I should be glad indeed of the advice of an experienced man of business. But first of all, will you tell me who you think killed Appleby? I will, sir. I've no idea it was any of you three people who have all confessed to the deed in order to shield one another. Whom, then, do you suspect? An outside intruder. I have held to this theory from the start, and I am sure it is the true one. Moreover, I think the murderer is the man who blew the bugle. The phantom bugler? No phantom, but a live man. Phantoms do not blow on bugles except in old English legends. A bugle sounded in New England and heard by several people was blown by human lungs. Find your bugler and you've found your murderer. I wonder if you can be right. Wheeler fell into a brown study, and Keefe watched him closely. His bugler theory was offered in an effort to find out what Wheeler thought of it, and Wheeler's response ought to show whether his own knowledge of the murder precluded the bugler or not. Apparently it did, for he sighed and said, Of course the person who sounded the bugle was a live person, but I cannot think it had any connection with Mr. Appleby's death. Even granting someone might have been wicked enough to try to frighten my wife, yet there is no reason to think anyone wishing to kill Samuel Appleby would know of the old legend in Mrs. Wheeler's family. True enough, but it is possible, and in my opinion that is the only direction to look. But what direction? How can you find out who blew that bugle? I don't know yet but I shall try to find out. As a matter of fact, very little inquiry has been made. Those two detectives, while intelligent enough, 
don't have a very wide horizon they've concluded that the assassin was well was named wheeler and they're only concerned to discover the first name forgive my plain speaking but to save yourself and the other two we must be outspoken yes yes pray don't hesitate to say anything you think i am in a terrible position mr keefe more terrible than you can know and while i'm willing to make any sacrifice for my dear ones it may be in vain the two men had been alone in the den but now were joined by burden and young allen glad to see you back mr keefe burden said usually we detectives don't hanker after outside help but you've a good keen mind and i notice you generally put your finger on the right spot all right burden we'll work together now mr wheeler i'm going to ask you to leave us for there are some details to discuss dan wheeler was only too glad to be excused and with a sigh of relief he went away to his upstairs quarters now it's this way keefe began i've been sounding mr wheeler but i didn't get any real satisfaction but here's a point either he did or didn't kill mr appleby but in either case he's in bad what do you mean asked allan why i've inquired about among the servants and adding our own testimony i figured it out that mr wheeler was either the murderer or he was over the line on the other side of the house and in that case has broken his parole and is subject to the law how do you prove that inquired burden interestedly by the story of miss wheeler who says her father was not in the den at all at the time mr appleby was shot now as we know mrs wheeler ran downstairs at that time and she too says her husband was not in the den also she says he was not in the living room nor in the hall this leaves only her own sitting-room from which mr wheeler could see the fire and into which he was most likely to go for that purpose he wouldn't go in that room for any purpose declared allan not ordinarily but in the excitement of a fire men can scarcely refrain from running to look at it and if he was not in the places he had a right to be he must have been over on the forbidden ground so it comes back to this either mr wheeler was the murderer and his wife and daughter have perjured themselves to save him or he was in a place which by virtue of the conditions cancels his pardon this i take it explains mr wheeler's present perplexed state of mind for he is bewildered and worried in many ways well said allan where does this all lead us it leads us keefe returned to the necessity of a lot of hard work i'm willing to go on record as desiring to find a criminal outside of the wheeler family or to put it bluntly i want to acquit all three of them even if even if one is guilty said burden well yes just that but of course i don't mean to hang an innocent man what i want is to get a verdict for persons unknown i'm with you said allan it's all wrong i know but well i can't believe any of the wheelers really did it you do believe it though keefe turned on him sharply and what's more 
you believe the criminal is the one of the three whom you least want it to be keefe's meaning was unmistakable and allen's flushed and crestfallen face betrayed his unwilling assent unable to retort even unable to speak he quickly left the room keefe closed the door and turned to burden that was a test he said i'm not sure whether allen suspects miss wheeler or not he sure acts as if he does burden said his face drawn with perplexity but i say mr keefe haven't you ever thought it might have been jeffrey allen himself who did the shooting yes he had all the motives the others had but not the opportunity why he was at the garage fire where i was yes but he might have got away long enough for nonsense man nothing of the sort we were together fighting the flames the two chauffeurs were with us the wheelers man and mr appleby's we used those chemical extinguishers i know all that but then he might have slipped away and in the excitement you didn't notice not a chance no take my word for it the three wheelers were the exclusive suspects unless we can work in that bugler individual it's too many for me burden sighed and hallen he's at his wit's end but you're clever at such things sir and mr appleby he's going to get a big detective from the city you don't seem to mind being discarded no sir if anybody's to fasten a crime on one of those wheelers i don't want to be the one to do it look here burden how about wheelers doing it in self-defense i know a lot about those two men and appleby was just as much interested in getting wheeler out of his way as vice versa if appleby attacked and wheeler defended we can get him off easy maybe so but it's all speculation mr keefe what we ought to get is evidence testimony and that's hard for the only people to ask about it are are the criminals themselves the suspected criminals yes sir there are others have you quizzed all the servants i don't take much stock in servants stories you're wrong there my man that principle is a good one in ordinary matters but when it comes to a murder case a servant's testimony is as good as his master's burden made no direct response to keith's suggestion but he molded over in his slow-going mind and as a result he had a talk with rachel who was lady's maid to both maida and her mother the girl bridled a little when burden began to question her nobody seemed to think it worth while to ask me anything she said so i held my tongue but if so be you want information you ask and i'll answer i doubt if she really knows anything burden thought to himself judging from her air of self-importance but he said tell me anything you know of the circumstances at the time of the murder circumstances repeated rachel wrinkling her brow yes for instance where was mrs wheeler when you heard the shot i didn't say i heard the shot didn't you yes go on then don't be foolish or you'll be sorry for it well then mrs wheeler was downstairs 
she had just left her room here let me get this story straight how long had she been in her room were you there with her yes we had been there half an hour or so then we heard noise and excitement and a cry of fire mrs wheeler rushed out of her room and ran downstairs and i followed naturally yes and what did you see nothing special i saw a blaze of light through the front door the north door of course the one toward the garage and i saw the garage was on fire so i thought of nothing else then then what did you think of later i remembered that i saw mr wheeler in the living room in the north end of it where he never goes you know about his restrictions oh yes sir the servants all know we have to well it was natural poor man that he should go to look at the fire you're sure of this rachel sure yes but don't let's tell for it might get the master in trouble on the contrary it may get him out of trouble to break his parole is not as serious a crime as murder and if he was in the north end of the living room he couldn't have been in the den shooting mr appleby that's true enough and neither could mrs wheeler have done it why not well that is she was right ahead of me did you keep her in sight no i was so excited myself i ran past her and out to the garage who was there mr allen and mr keefe and the two chauffeurs and the head gardener and well most all the servants the men were fighting the fire and the women were standing back looking on yelling i suppose no they were mostly quiet cook was screaming but nobody paid any attention to her the fire was soon over yes it was a little one i suppose that chauffeur of mr appleby's dropped a match or something for our servants are too well trained to do anything of the sort we're all afraid of fire well the fire amounted to little as you say curious it should occur at the time of the murder curious indeed sir do you make anything out of that can't see anything in it unless the murderer started the fire to distract attention from himself in that case it couldn't have been any of the wheelers that it couldn't they were all in the house miss maida did you see her at the time i caught a glimpse of her as i ran through the hall where was she in the den standing near the bay window well we pretty well planted the three mrs wheeler on the stairs mr wheeler you say in the living-room where he had no right to be and miss maida oh miss maida didn't do it she couldn't that lovely young lady there rachel that will do you've given your testimony now it's not for you to pass judgment go about your business and keep a quiet tongue no babbling you understand yes sir and the maid went away her attitude still one of importance and her face wearing a vague smile meanwhile curtis keefe was having a serious talk with maida his attitude was kindly and deferential but he spoke with a determined air as he said miss wheeler you know i am sure how much i want to help you and how glad i will be if i can do so but first of all i must ask you a question 
what did mr appleby mean when he said to you something about keefe and the airship maida looked at him with a troubled glance for a minute she did not speak then she said calmly i am not at liberty to tell you what we were talking about then mr keefe but don't you remember mr appleby said that you were not the keefe referred to i know he said that but i don't believe it i am not responsible for your disbelief she drew herself up with a dignified air and i must ask you not to refer to that matter again don't take that attitude he begged at least tell me what keefe he did mean there can be no breach of confidence in that why do you want to know because i know mr appleby had a big airship project under consideration because i know he contemplated letting me in on the deal and it was a most profitable deal had he lived i should have asked him about it but since he is dead i admit i want to know anything you can tell me of the matter involuntarily maida smiled a little and the lovely face usually so sad seemed more beautiful than ever to the man who looked at her why do you smile he cried but whatever the reason keep on doing so oh maida how wonderful you are a glance of astonishment made him quickly apologize for his speech but he said i couldn't help it forgive me miss wheeler and since you can smile over it i'm more than ever anxious to know about the airship deal and i can tell you nothing she declared because i know nothing of any such matter if mr appleby was interested in an airship project i know nothing of it the matter he mentioned to me was i am positively certain not the deal you speak of i believe that your face is too honest for you to speak an untruth so convincingly and now assure me that i am not the keef he referred to and i will never open the subject again but miss maida could not say truthfully and though she tried her assertion was belied by drooping eyes and quivering lips you were not she uttered but she did not look at him and this time curtis keefe did not believe her i was he said calmly but he made no further effort to get the full truth from her i'm sorry you can't confide fully in me but i shall doubtless learn all i want to know from mr appleby's papers you you have them in charge maida asked quite evidently agitated at the thought yes of course i'm his confidential secretary that's why miss wheeler it's better for you to be frank with me in all things has it never occurred to you that i'm the man who can best help you in this whole moil of troubles why no she said slowly i don't believe it ever has then realize it now truly dear miss wheeler i am not only the one who can best help you but i am the only one who can help you at all please try to see that why should i want help for half a dozen very good reasons first i suppose you know that you are in no enviable position regarding the death of mr appleby oh i know you didn't kill him but i did 
if you did you couldn't take it so calmly how dare you say i take it calmly what do you know about it just because i don't go about in hysterics that's not my nature is no sign that i'm not suffering tortures you poor sweet child i know you are oh little girl dear little girl can't you won't you let me look out for you the words were right enough but the tone in which they were uttered the look that accompanied them frightened maida she knew at once how this man regarded her intuition told her it was better not to rescind his speech or meaning so she only said quietly look out for me how every way give yourself to me be my own own little maida mr keith stop you forget you are talking to an engaged girl i did forget please forgive me in a moment he was humble and penitent i lost my head no miss wheeler i ask no reward i want to help you in any and every way remembering you are to be the bride of mr allen only after i'm acquitted of this crime they never convict a woman do they mr keefe so that's what you're banking on and safely too no miss wheeler no judge or jury would ever convict you of murder but all the same it's a mighty unpleasant process that brings about your acquittal and i advise you not to go through with it but i've got to i've confessed my crime now they have to try me don't they you innocent baby unless look here you're not er stringing me are you what do you mean i mean you didn't really do the job did you i did the calm glance of despair might have carried conviction to a less skeptical hearer but keefe only looked puzzled i can't quite make you out he declared either you're a very brave heroine or or queried maida or you're nutty maida laughed outright that's it she said and her laughter became a little hysterical i am nutty and i own up to it do you think we can enter a plea of insanity keefe looked at her a new thought dawning in his mind that might not be at all a bad plan he said slowly are you in earnest i don't know honestly i think of so many plans and discard them one after the other but i don't want to be convicted and you shan't there are more persons in this world than the three wheelers and one of them may easily be the murderer we're seeking which one asked maida the phantom bugler returned keefe end of chapter ten